Well, this morning, um, my sermon is, You Don't Know About Tomorrow. It's, of course, that's a song title from uh, Ira Stanfield. And whenever we think about that, uh, I guess, uh, putting together the idea of the elections and putting together, uh, you know, here we are towards the end of another year, and have we arrived at our goals, and have we arrived at different things that we've planned for the year. So we're, we're in this uh, uh, place of, um, well, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And uh, we don't know if um, the, the president of Russia is going to do his thing and uh, the, those in Iran and Iraq, if they're going to do their thing and, you know, the warlords in Africa and Central America or wherever, they're going to do their thing and, you know, somebody here, the terrorist is going to do their thing. And we just, all the time, there's somebody doing something. Well, we think about this, you don't know about tomorrow. So perhaps this causes us to, a little fear, causes us a little anxiety, uh, maybe a lot of anxiety for our future, for our country, for our life. And, um, but we should, you know, it's like the, the one, one lady said to uh, another lady that, uh, you know, whenever you, it's your age, you should be concerned about the hereafter. And, and the lady says, I am concerned about the hereafter. Every time I go into a room, I wonder what I'm hereafter. <laughs> so I know, you heard that before. So, uh, so we, we have this uh, idea in our life that the hereafter, where is the hereafter? You, know, you ever put those words together, hereafter? They don't go together, I don't think. Hereafter, after here. Uh, so whenever we think of this, I think of it in the context that our tomorrows are already secure. Our tomorrows are already secure because our life is in Christ. And we talked a little bit about that in our Sunday school uh, this morning about hope and faith and love that uh, Peter, Paul, and John <laughs> uh, wrote about. You know, Peter was hope, uh, Paul was faith, and John was love. And we see the, the binding of those three uh, av avenues of faith, hope, and love together, and we see what they, they, they bring together in our own lives. Well, when people think of the tomorrow, we don't know what tomorrow will bring, well, it may rise on and fall on who's going to win the election, or it may rise and fall on the job market or the, um, the weather, <laughs> Uh, is it going to be good or bad, you know, is a uh, stock market. So, but you see, our future, as we look at it in Christ, is already settled. That Christ has risen from the dead, and all, uh, all those who believe in him, that should we die or should he return, we're going to be with him. So we're going to be with Christ. So our future is settled, but the, the, the return of, of Christ is something that we, we know is, is certain. You know, it is the blessed hope, a certainty. It's like, um, well, I don't know if any of you are football fans. And, of course, I didn't watch it, so. But uh, Rhonda recorded the Penn State game. And uh, if, for those of you who don't know, uh, they won. And uh, they beat Ohio State. And the score was 24 to 21. Yeah, and Ohio State was the number two team in the nation. Now, I didn't watch it last night because... It's hard for me to get all anxious about that and then get ready to preach and things, you know? It's like uh, Leonardo da Vinci was painting, and he had a class of students come in, you know, young children come in. 
and they were there and they upset his easel. And he was angry and he, he, he pushed, you know, had all the children leave. And then, of course, what he was painting was the face of Christ. And he says, I, can't pa- I cannot paint the face of Christ when I'm angry. <laughs> so we have to allow ourselves that there are certain things that we just have to pull back from. And for me, and I know many preachers and so on, and they're able to do that, and I was able to do that, but something went tilt, tilt in the head, and I can't do that anymore, you know? So um, if we watch the move, you know, R- Rhonda recorded it, and you know what? I can watch that move. I can watch that um, rerun. I can watch that recording of the, the game, and it won't matter that Penn State fumbles. It won't matter that they get intercepted. It won't matter that they have a blocked field goal. It won't matter because I know the end. <laughs> I know they, they win. Okay, so when we look at our security in Christ, it doesn't matter if we fall down. It doesn't matter if this goes wrong. It doesn't matter if that goes wrong. We don't need to be anxious and upset and frightful because the movie, the end, doesn't change. We win. (laughs) We win. So therefore, on our road to victory, we encounter these difficulties. You see, we need to change from the inside out. You know, it isn't a rearranging of our thoughts and our minds and making that click right. Sometimes they just don't click, but our heart is to be right with God. And when our heart is right with God, we then are focused, and see, we can't make our heart right. God is the one who forgives us and puts things all right. And so when we are all right with God, then we bring that out to being all right with the world and with people. And we, it changes the way we deal with ourselves and the way we deal with others. So we are all right with God. Our sins are forgiven. We are right with God, and God is with us, and he, he, he has this amazing giftings for us because of his grace and his mercy. And he has all these things for us, and so we now are in the process of change. We are in the process of becoming. And if we look at the end of the movie, we look at the end of the game, we win. So no matter how many times we can replay the game yesterday, Penn State always wins. <laughs> okay? Now, the next game they play, they may not win, but that doesn't matter. The game yesterday cannot be changed. Well, God has written our life. He has written it all, and he's given us the end of the book, Revelation. And at the end, he, he establishes a new heaven and a new earth. He rules and reigns with us, and we with him. That will be, so now we are in the process of becoming. Now, if at the end of the class you get a test and you know that you get an A on the test, you don't worry about it. You just you focus on learning. So in the learning process, we know that we are responsible for learning. We're not going to just get an A. But if we are responsible for learning and acquiring these things, God will help us in the exam. <laughs> Now, one of, the, one of the things I, I, I mentioned this in Sunday school, and, uh, and I, I want to make sure that I, I touch on it, because it's the whole focus of the message. So if you get this, you get the whole message, you can leave. Okay, so 
We've taken up the offering. You got the, the point of the message. It's time to go home, right? So um, whenever we think about, when you think about how that God has made you someone special, okay, that we are all unique, that we are all uniquely different, we all have our personalities and our, our fingerprints and our, you know, our DNA. No one has that but you. So we are very special. Now, we can think this, I'm very special. And then others will say, well, I'm no special than anyone else. So which way is it? Either I'm very special or I'm part of the herd that, you know, you know when the lions and the tigers and the bears... <laughs> oh, um. whenever, they, whenever the lions and the tigers and the bears attack their prey, you know, what do they do? They single out one animal and they go after it and they, they uh, attack it and they kill it and they eat it and the herd just goes on. It's like, well, we sacrificed one for the herd. Well, whenever we think of the idea that we are special, we need to think of it in the, in the idea that the feeling is that everyone is as special as I am. <laughs> See? Everyone is as special as me. So we find if we put our place in this, si in this place of being God's favorite child, <laughs> you know, mentioned about my grandma, the 14 grandkids, you know, all said they were grandma's favorite. You know, at the funeral, they all said, I'm grandma's favorite. That's how they started and ended, you know. Uh, and, and the idea was they, everyone thought that way, and grand, my mom was made that, everyone feel that way. She was just that type of person. Well, God is that type of person who looks at us, and, and no matter what our fault, flaws and faults and mistakes and failures, we're still very special in his eyes. And if we were the only one who would confess our sin and forgiveness and go to heaven, he would have died for us. We're that special. So he, he, we, he thinks of us in that place that I am this very special person. And everyone is as special as I am. So we begin to see how that we elevate people. We elevate people to this place of honor in our lives. And God elevates us to that place where we are all so very special. So in this place of being so very special and that we have read the end of the book, and we know that we have a place in heaven, that should we die or should Jesus return, we go to heaven, and we find that God's promises and his blessings then are given to us, but also given to others. And anything that we receive from God isn't for us to hoard, it's for us to share. <laughs> you see... Um, it's not because of who I am. It's because of whose I am. See? I belong to Jesus. You know, it's not because of me. I am, I am great. I am this. I've done this. I've got billions. I've got nothing. I failed at this. I've succeeded at this. I, 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 you know. I, 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 you know. But <laughs> it's whose I am that elevates me to this place of being special. So here, this, here is this, I don't know about tomorrow, but I know this. God is with me today and he will be with me tomorrow. And he already knows what tomorrow is and God is already there. 
and he's already here. See, that's the unique thing about God. He's everywhere present at the same time. You cannot go back in history and find God missing. You can't go forward into the future and find God missing. He's everywhere present. And the unique thing about God, one of the many unique things about God, he has all knowledge. He has all knowledge, not of what will happen, as in um, God doesn't have a good memory. God doesn't have the ability to see into the future. To God, it's all knowledge. Whether it's today, yesterday, or tomorrow, it's all knowledge. So to God, um, blessing us with a penny in the parking lot or a million dollars in whatever is, is the same. Because it doesn't, there's no variation of his love. Then I'm special that I got a penny. Well, I'm special because I got whatever. So in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. I find myself in this very special place. This very unique place of being God's favorite. But because I see myself as God's favorite, doesn't mean I look down on someone else. You see? You see, they have the same thing. And so if I can recognize how special I am, I can help them recognize how special they are, and we're raising everyone to the same level. Christ died for all. God has no favorites. He just has children. He doesn't have grandchildren. <laughs> he has children. <laughs> and that we see this level of uniqueness and say, so there is, there is no one like me. <laughs> but you see, as we are all members of the body of Christ, that we are part of his body. So in, in 1 Corinthians 12 says, Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. So we are members of the body of Christ and members in particular. Okay, we are a particular member. All different and all necessary to the all necessary. To the whole and to the and to one another. So the uniqueness of our body is that we are unique and we are necessary to the entire body and we are unique and necessary to the one beside us. So we can't take one part of the body and say, well, this part of the body is better than that part of the body. Well, each loved by God individually as, it, as, it, as if it were the only creature in existence. Excuse me, that's not a creature. Is this a creature? Only creature in existence. Otherwise, can't read my writing here, you might get the idea that God is like the government, which can only deal with the people as a mass. The, you know, so our society looks at a mass of individuals, how many people are in your community, how many people make a township, how many township, how big is the township, make a city, how big of a city makes a, uh, you know, metropolis, you know, so how many people, you know, in your state and, you know, the whole works, how many millions in the country and all that kind of stuff. We deal in mass, but God deals in particulars, an individual. It's not part of the hand, it is part of the body. See, it's not just part of the hand, it's part and belongs to the body. So whenever we lose something, lose a finger, lose a toe, uh, we miss it. Why? Because it loses its ability to be part of the other. And the other has difficulty because something is missing. So 
the, in Psalm 62, 66, 12, it says, We went through the fire and the flood, but you brought us out to a place of abundance. We went through the fire and through the water, but thou brought us out into a wealthy place. You see, whenever we think that we're special, the, the idea of isolation, that I am isolated, least I am isolatedly, that's a good word. I am, I am in this place of isolation, perfect, perfectly uh, unique, and no one else is like me, and everybody else is inferior to me. That type of uniqueness is a place where we fail. But the uniqueness that God has for us is that we are part of the whole, and that in, whenever we think of ourselves in this unique, only me per, uh, perspective, um, if something goes wrong, we're being punished. If something goes right, we're being rewarded. Okay? Well, in the body of believers, that if I am blessed, so are the others blessed with me. And if I have something that is shared, I share it with me and with others, and others with me. And you see, there's this flowing of strength and information and strength and power and all that kind of stuff. That um, I often do this in, in, in the hospital or in hospice. I talk about how that sometimes when people are sick, they get very, very thin skin. And it's almost like paper that, can be, that tears. Well, what happens is the heart and the core of our being is, is what is central for the uh, body to function. So what happens is the core will rob nutrients from other parts of the body, and your skin is your largest organ. So it will rob from the largest organ to keep the rest going here. So that's why individuals have very thin skin. And it's because of it's the, you know, this core is needing more nutrients. So in our life and in the body of Christ, there, are, there is no lack. There's no lack in God. There is no want for him or of him. You see, he brought us through the fire and... <laughs> Whenever we're isolated alone, each tri every trial is a, um, you know, is a, a, a punishment. That's not what God is doing. Every situation in life is preparing us for the next. So if God is, God is working through us and with us, he's not only, he's prepared, he's already prepared you for today because that, that was done yesterday. And what we're going through today taking care of where we're going tomorrow. But the three Hebrew teenagers, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were told to bow down to the king's idols. The king's idol, one idol. And, uh, or they would be thrown into the fiery furnace. When we lose focus in trials, we, we think that, well, idols are things that we worship or we think are going to rescue us or keep us. And whether it be money or houses or lands or it can be anything. People can worship anything as an idol. You don't have to be rich. You can be rich or poor and still have idols. And so it isn't that someone is, what it is, they're trusting in something or some person to get them through a crisis. And of course, that crisis, these people always fail. But we find that whenever we're facing a crisis that God has already prepared us for, the, the three Hebrew teenagers, they knew that they were dedicated and they were set aside for God and they were not to bow down to any idol. And so when the, the king Nebuchadnezzar wanted them to bow down, what happened? Well, you bow down or we're going to throw you in the fire. Well, the, the, the uh, approach of, of the three Hebrew teenagers was, 
we're not worried about it. We know that we have inside information. We know everything is going to be all right. It doesn't matter to us, O King. Our God is able to deliver us from this, but if not, we're still not bowing down. The, the idea that is that when we face our trials and we face our difficulties, sometimes we don't need to fight it. <laughs> sometimes we don't need to be upset. And they were not complaining. They were at peace. That they knew that God would ha- that God has his hand upon them, and should they die in the fire, it's okay, because to live is Christ, to die is gain. The future that we have is with God. And so we know that the guards, they, <laughs> I don't know why the king did this, but he made, the, he made the, the furnace seven times hotter. I mean, as if being hot and burning is not going to burn them up quick enough, you know. We've got we to put seven times as much heat in this and seven times the fire. And he throws the three Hebrew children in and, of course, the, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they're in the fire and they're in this furnace and the king looks in, and what does he see? Four. And they're all walking around in there. And the king is, how many did we throw in? <laughs> okay, guys, you know, the guys up there that threw them in, they're dead because it's too hot. And they're dead, but the, the, the guys we threw in are in there walking around, and the fourth is like the Son of God. These three guys came out of their problem without the smell of smoke, and only the things that were binding them were burnt off. So in the trials of our life, sometimes God has to get rid of things that are holding us back. So if God allows us to go into the trial, the furnace, there is no doubt that he'll be there with us. See, the three Hebrew teenagers, they knew that God was going to take care of them, but they just didn't know how. So when they got into their fire, God was already there waiting for them. See, God was already there in the fire when they got in. And God is already there in the trial when we arrive at it. And whenever we have the difficulty, God is already there. So if God is there, what is it that he wants us, what is it that he wants removed from our life that can free us up to become better servants of Christ. So the trial is not about punishment. The trial is about taking away the things that are holding us back. Hmm. And how does God remove those things from our lives? It's generally by the trial where we pay attention to what is restricting us. So the trial forces us to see things that are restrictive to who we are, to where we're going, and God wants those things to be burnt away. So don't get upset about the trial. Be at peace with the trial. Know that our God is able to deliver us from the trial, but if he doesn't, that's okay, because in everything I will give thanks that God is with me and he's keeping me. He will sustain me. He will provide for me. It is the living hope that is inside of me that God has already been here to this trial. He already knows what I'm going to face two years from now. He's already there in that place, but he's right here now preparing me to face that trial that's going to be here two years from now (laughs) see it's all knowledge to God and in this all knowledge God is aware 
of every hair on your head, of every thought in your mind, of everything that we've said and done, and nothing can interfere with how much he loves us. I thought of it in, in the context of God, when, when God knows all things, he knows out in the future every time that I'm going to fail him. <laughs> and, you know, if you knew every time somebody was going to hurt you, I bet we'd throw them out of our lives. <laughs> we get out of here. You're not hurting me anymore. You go find somebody else because I know how many times you're going to hurt me in the next 10 years and I ain't up for it. You know, hit the road. I'm not going to take it. You know, it's gone. Get out of here. Well, God looks at all of the failures of our lifetime and brings it back to the moment and says, so <laughs> I forgive you. So that's why we cannot allow our failures to keep us from becoming what God wants us to be. Because he is in the process of us burning off the things that would bind us to our problems and to our fears and to our anxieties and all those things. He wants those gone. So you see, the feeling that everyone is as special as me, everyone is as special as me. See, I'm not putting myself above the crowd. I'm not putting myself beneath the crowd. I am allowing myself to be part of the body of Christ. <laughs> and that there is no part of the body of Christ that is not important. So therefore, as part of the body of Christ, I must be nourished and blessed and helped and renewed and strengthened and, and how that God is going to work it out to the good in our life so that the body of Christ will grow. And you see that we each, <laughs> what shall we say about the wonderful things that, that, uh, as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? What shall we say? If God is for us, what are we worried about? You know, what are we sleepless about? What are we upset about? God is for us. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. Well, what about the fiery furnace? What about the problem? What about that went wrong? What about that? that you know? Well, if we can figure out why, we've got been, why we have been blessed as much as we have, then maybe we can find out why things didn't work out. <laughs> but there's no reason why we, should, we are blessed like we are. We're blessed. <laughs> I mean, we're blessed. There isn't anybody in any third world would love to trade places with you. There isn't a person, 90% of the planet would rather be where you're at than where they're at. See, we're blessed. But even in those remote areas, the gospel of Jesus Christ tells them they're just as special as everyone else, even those in America. <laughs> See, we are blessed beyond measure. And you see, what does God want us to do? He wants us to be thankful. And you see, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers. So we are blessed with a purpose. We are blessed with a purpose to present the message of Jesus Christ so other people can enjoy this place of relationship with God. So as we go about our daily task, <laughs> we don't know about tomorrow, but we know who holds it. And we know that the person who holds tomorrow is the same person who holds our hand. He's the one who holds our mind and our lives and our... He holds everything together. <laughs> and when we think that life is falling apart, it's only because we're in the furnace 
And God wants to burn those thoughts off of us that we're, we're going to fail and we're going to, we're going to make a mistake and we're going to, you know, something's going to be wrong. And you know what? Cancel that. <laughs> you know, I remember when, years ago when we were learning things on the computer and programs and stuff, the, the, one, guy, the one person said, remember, the delete button is your friend. <laughs> No, and Jose says, not always. Yeah, he has to come and fix the things that I deleted, and he has to find them somewhere in my computer. But there are things that come up on the, the, the screen of our mind, like you're not good enough, you're not loved, delete, 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 delete. Those things don't need to be there. And, and you understand that God is working at the very core of our being, the core of our thinking, the core of how we see ourselves and how we, we interpret life. And God is working at that core, telling us all things are going to fit into a divine pattern and plan, no matter who wins the election. <laughs> no matter who, how bad people are and how terrible they are and the riots and the senseless killings and stuff, we don't understand it. But that's, how we, that's where we see sin at its worst, trying to destroy life. God at his best is forgiveness and love, restoration, healing, renewal. <laughs> you see, God at his best, and so God wants that best to be in us so that we can be that healer, that restorer, the person who brings renewal, the person who loves like God loves them. <sighs> Amen? So I don't know about tomorrow, but I know this. <laughs> I can watch the Penn State game and be happy <laughs> because I know who wins. <laughs> now, I'm not watching the Stiller game. I'll put that recording. If they win, I'll watch it later. <laughs> but if they lose, I won't watch it. So and the idea is with our life and with our faith, we win. Hello. <laughs> Though this body die, doesn't matter. This, the life that is in us will live forever because of the promise that God has given us. The same spirit to raise Christ from the dead dwell in you. He will quicken your mortal bodies. And the quickening of God in our life begins now. Now. Quickening our thoughts. I am special. <laughs> the quickening of our, our, our spirits. That I am unique. <laughs> the quickening of our faith. All things are possible. <laughs> you know, the quickening of forgiveness. He has forgiven me for all my failures. God, that same love, quickens me to forgive others. See? It's God alive in me that I am, that you and I are so special, we're almost like twins. <laughs> we, got, we got the same father. We got the same father, and we got the same inheritance, and we're going to go to the same place. And the people you don't like are probably going to be your neighbors up there. <laughs> so might as, well get, might as well get rid of them now. No, might as well forgive them now and get it over with. Let's stand. <laughs> father, we are so blessed. We thank you for your word that speaks to us of, 
our blessing and our life and our love and our forgiveness and that God, that we are so special, <laughs> we're so unique, and, we ra- and everyone is raised to that level that we are special in your sight. So thank you, God, that we have something to share with our brothers and sisters, and they have something to share with us. We are part of the body, and each thing that we share strengthens who we are and who they are. So bless, O God, we pray. Let the power of your spirit, the quickening of your spirit, be alive in us now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you. Hug that brother or sister. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha,